Hello! This is the 420 Reasons Why I Quit Drinking podcast. I'm your hostess with the most is Diane Gibbs, a.k.a. Doobie Die. This podcast is about the 420 Reasons Why I Quit Drinking. These are my stories of me drinking and drunking my way through 30 plus years of my life and how I finally found the freedom from alcohol and still being able to have fun. Hello and happy new year. Welcome back to the podcast. Um, so exciting that um, it's now January 2023. I can't believe how time has flown. I've done 37 episodes. This will be my 37th episode of my podcast. And um, I just want to thank you all for being here and listening and continuing to listen. Uh, And I'm here to talk about reflections on New Year's Eve traditions. Um, So New Year's, what does it look like for you? Um... So it's interesting that here in America, we've got some traditions. um, And what does it look like for you? Do you happen to host a party? Do you watch the fireworks? Do you turn on the TV and wait for that ball to drop, counting down? Do you do that kiss at midnight? Do you guys make a toast? Do you have the noisemakers going along? Um, when around that time when that ball is dropping, are you having a special meal? Are you making a New Year's resolution? Are you singing or listening to the song Old Lang Syne? What is it that you're doing? Um, so it's interesting for me for years. My tradition, um, in the 90s is that I worked at my restaurant. Uh, Our last night open in my restaurant in Ludington was New Year's Eve. So there was not really any big, um, like, plans being made because we had huge plans, lots of reservations, our best food. We're trying to serve out all of our food since it was going to be our last night open. So it was all hands on deck and um, we were at our restaurant. And then, um, so that was my tradition for years. It's interesting to read of the other traditions that happen. Like in Scotland, the first guest that arrives after midnight brings whiskey. Um, In Russia, they burn their wishes and then they drink the ashes. That's interesting. That can't be a very good drink. In Spain, they drop gold in their cava, which is a similar bubbly wine like champagne. Um, in China, they play dice drinking games. Um, and then in Germany, they eat rum filled donuts. So, and I mentioned here in the States, the two traditions that people talk about are singing the old anxiety um song which means um what is it as time goes by and then the other thing that is um a southern tradition is uh eating black eyed peas 
for good luck. They represent wealth and health. And so the black eyed peas are like the coins. And then the greens that they um, cook it with are like the, um, the dollars, the folding money. And um, they eat it on the first day of the new year. And it per it is to like kind of bless or um, provide luck and prosperity um, throughout the new year to come. So that's an interesting one. I've never done that. I have probably sang that song, but the tradition I recall the most um, is going to a party, watching that ball drop, um, the kiss at midnight. I actually uh always well more recently through the years haven't um liked it because i don't have that significant and i actually feel left out um this year i was with friends and when i'm with um, my friends i they actually really include me and i don't feel left out so i'm so grateful for that um so i'm going to tell you about one of my new years uh, it was the New Year's uh, of 2001, and this is my one of my first times um, not being at the restaurant. We actually closed our restaurant 21 years ago. We closed it right at the end of the holiday season, which for us was like um, a week and a half before Christmas. My brother and his wife were expecting their first baby. And one thing that um, we knew, we were actually closing the restaurant. So we didn't even, we weren't, we had already closed our restaurant. We closed it the second week, like I said, um, a week and a half before Christmas. And then um, I was able to go to Chicago and I uh, spent it with my friends. Um, so that was something new for me to be able to do that. And I always was really, excited, rambunctious, um, always up for the party. And by the time I got to the party, I'd already been drinking. And so it wasn't even before midnight that I actually passed out. I passed out during the party. I passed out in the living room, on the living room couch. And the party was going on around me um, for many hours. And like I had I just ruined the night for myself. Here I was, I'd come all that way. And what did I come all that way to get so drunk and disorderly that I couldn't even sit up. I couldn't even stay up. And I ended up passing out, which was a, a huge bummer. I do remember waking up later uh, while of course the party was going on and it had been several hours into it. And um, I, I believe I started drinking again. That was my norm, um, just to get back into the things. I even would at times vomit, you know, do a shot, vomit, and then go back to drinking. So I wanted to be some kind of diehard. And I'm just grateful that I stopped that because I would have died hard um, if I could let my gone, continued on the path that I was on. And so... I remember when I woke up, um, my friend had like a two level uh, apart condo. And so we were on the main level parting. And then there was like this room up above that kind of had a little balcony. 
and um, the party was going on up there, but that party was, um, it was snowing heavily, if you know what I mean. So there was some nose candy being um, sent around, and uh, that is usually how those the party really kept going. I could never figure out, like, I could never stay up all night. Um, if I was, uh, if I had some cocaine, uh, the party did go on for me for a while. After a while, I actually would pass out from it because it would give me, it did the opposite effect. But I remember that night, um, that party was going on. I partook in that for a while and we stayed up and just like kind of watched the demise of my friends just getting drunker and drunker and me as well. But it was just such a, such a night that you, if you don't go to bed, you're, and well, you're just ruined. You are wrecked and ruined. And they actually say that New Year's Day is the, um, it is like New Year's Day, the drunk driving related death spike 116% above the average baseline. It, so it's making it the most dangerous holiday of the year for drunk driving. Can you believe that? So it's obvious, like they're normally like a hundred people on a non-holiday would die. This is like 120 people instead on New Year's Day. I don't know if it's the aftermath of the hangover or if people are, and you you wake up still drunk um, the party's still continuing and you think that you're, you can get out on the road. And um, so I just thought that was, uh, I, I wouldn't think the day after would be more drunk drivings. I would think it'd be the night before, but um, I get it. It's really very interesting. You know, um, a lot of people will drink champagne on New Year's and there are, 360 million glasses of sparkling wine champagne that are consumed on an average on New Year's Eve. And I remember a New Year's Eve that I came across some alcohol infused whipped cream. And I just thought that was the cat's meow. And instead of me buying just like one bottle of it, one canister of whipped cream, I bought a case and they had it in chocolate and vanilla and caramel. And uh, it was just loaded with alcohol. And I just thought that was the coolest thing. I was always trying to find more different ways of drinking and consuming the alcohol. And, um, and, and that's what I did back in the day. Now, as time goes by, my life has changed considerably. And... Um, I told you the story about from 2001, um, 2002, I had moved to Chicago, um, and I started like some new traditions. I have friends that live in Indiana and, um, I went there and I met some new people and started uh, a new tradition. Drinking, of course, was involved. Uh, um, they lived out of town, so they had an extra room, so I always got to spend the night. And that's just what um, my new tradition was. And then through the years, once again, as I adjusted what I was doing and drinking, 
Um, once I quit, that kind of changed things for me. And I'll tell you, uh, right before I quit, um, well, the year that I did quit in 2011, I had met my boyfriend, Lou, and actually New Year's Eve was his birthday. And so we hadn't originally had plans for New Year's. I, um, he was going to go to a concert to see Cage the Elephant with his daughter. I didn't really actually know that at the time, but what happened was that she was underage. She was only 14, so she couldn't go to the concert. So he made plans with me last minute, um, asked if I was available. And I'm like, well, I have to check because I did have plans and I didn't want to be a better getter. Um, and just because he asked me last minute, wasn't the, I wasn't going to necessarily drop my plans, but I did really want to, especially if I got to celebrate his birthday with him. So I remember we were going to go to dinner or we went to dinner. Um, he was late as usual to pick me up. And then we went to the Aragon Ballroom and saw Cage the Elephant. I know we drank, but I don't remember it being any kind of a drunken um, episode or anything like that. I just know that um, I got to spend it with Lou. Um, that was the first of the birthdays I got to spend with him. And uh, the last, because he passed away that next September. And um, so then New Year's turned into a different night for me because then this was Lou's birthday as well. And here I am still like mourning his death. And for me, I don't like to necessarily remember the day that he died. I more so like to remember the day that he was born and make that more of a celebration. So I tried to make sure that my friends and I were celebrating Lou, bringing Lou up, um, having a toast in his honor. For me, it was, certainly wasn't alcohol, but um, it was just remembering Lou. And then through the years, things just changed for me because I wasn't dating anybody. The parties changed. Sometimes it was just um, dinner. Um, that didn't happen very often. There was usually a party with a big spread and everybody brought something. But this, um, things just changed. I, and I didn't like New Year's. I never really thought it was the greatest holiday. Um, it was really good for the restaurant business. And then I always liked it that I worked because I didn't have to figure out what to do. Um, but now here I am having to figure out what to do on this holiday. And then now I'm not drinking either. Um, and it really kind of put a damper. It made me real anxious to think about New Year's, what I was going to do, um, being around the alcohol at times. Um, I thought it was more important. Like I liked having a meal. I made sure that food was a priority for me and making sure it was available at the um, place that I was going. And I just eventually decided there were times that I didn't even go out and celebrate. Uh, I tried to start some new traditions for myself, journaling and setting new intentions for the year. 
Um, and one thing that I'm going to try this year is um, for 2023 is I'm going to make a jar of memorable things and then I'm going to read it at um, New Year's. And so with that, each week I am going to write down something awesome, cool that happens. So I should have about 52 little pieces of paper um, in this jar and I can read, it will just bring the memories of the awesomeness of um, this past year. So, and I know a lot of times people when um, after New Year's and like I'd mentioned, you start setting some new intentions, people start talking about maybe not drinking anymore. There's people that want to participate in a dry January. Is that something that you ever think about? Do you ever, are you curious as to why you could continue to drink? How did you feel after New Year's? Were you able to function the next day? Were you hungover? Um, and what kind of, what did you do on, um, on New Year's Day? I know for me this year, I'm just going to be honest, I was at my friend's having a really good time, smoked um, some marijuana, and I actually took a gummy that seemed to, um, was uh, actually a higher dosage uh, gummy. And I had a fantastic time. We played several games. It was so wonderful. But I tell you, I had a hangover the next day. It just kind of, I was in a fog. Um, we tried to watch some movies. I slept through the bad ones, awake for the good one. I was going to drive home um, back to Chicago, but I was so exhausted, I couldn't even do it. So that was my day after New Year's. Um, and so it makes me reflect and it makes me think, why do I want to do that and wake up feeling? Um, that way. I, so I come back to being, thinking about that sober curious again. Now I would call myself uh, California sober, which means I smoke pot. Uh, but I quit this past year because of this podcast, because of you guys being here and supporting me. I quit for 10 days and it was remarkable. And then over Christmas, I was with my folks at their beautiful retirement community and I didn't do it for three days either while I was with them. And it was, I was great. I was felt good. Um, and that just makes me realize that I should do that more often. And so I figured, think about doing uh, a dry January. I know we're already in day three, but I mean, even starting tomorrow, starting today, wherever I, I want to start, because you know what? It's like, what does, what does this world need? And the world, what the world needs is it, it needs us, me. Uh, it, it needs me to come alive. We need to be alive. And and having a clear mind. And so what is it, what's that saying? Ask not what the world needs, ask what makes them come alive. The world needs us to come alive 
and the world needs you to come alive. And I feel that I probably am more alive without the marijuana. So I continue to think about what my next steps are and what I'm going to do next. I'm going to journal about why I like to smoke. So maybe that's one thing that you can journal about. Is it smoking or is it drinking for you? What is it that you like about your drunk self? What's your favorite thing? What's my favorite thing about um, me being high and smoking pot? Probably sometimes it's um, when I I get a little anxious um, and it helps with my anxiety. I definitely can feel like I can deal better with um, a bunch of people that are drunk um, when I've been smoking. I can put up with their silliness, their repetitive responses and conversations. Um, I'm not saying I'm uh, in a lot better shape, but usually uh, somewhat better because I'm not impaired by the alcohol. So I've just been thinking like, what is, what's, what's next? And maybe possibly having some time away again. Are, is anybody out there? Are you interested in being, are you sober curious? Would you like to have some tools to get through this, to get through a sober time uh, without alcohol or without marijuana? I'd be really interested in talking to you about that. I am definitely um, trying to figure out what if I'm going to do that again, and if that is something you would like, why don't you reach out to me um, and we can talk about this together. And there's a possibility of just doing more and supporting each other. Um, so one thing that um, I also do, I had mentioned a couple things that I've been doing. Um, I'm going to start that jar. The other thing is um, for the new year, I come up with a word. Um, I usually get it in the fall. Last year's words was transformation. And boy, it was a uh, 2022 was an extremely transformative year. The, the starting the podcast, doing, um, getting my sticky ball business going again, my connections with these women in this incredible container that I've been in with this woman on uh, my awesome coach, Kathy Heller, just the coaches that I have met the community that has inspired me, that um, accepts me, that encourages me, that loves me, that hears me, that provides words of wisdom. Um, and they're the ones stepping up and listening to the podcast, having me on their podcast. We're all here to build each other. And it's this incredible tribe. And that has added to my transformative year. And the course that I did take um, that Kathy started was Abundant Ever After. And through the year, I have felt like this incredible abundance just flowing. And as I came into the new year, I knew that this was my word for the year. So it is abundance and it is going to be ever after. Things are flowing. The 
things that I've been praying for and um, journaling about for years, things are coming to fruition. And it's quite incredible what um, God has been doing in my life. And I'm so grateful for the abundance. And I'm excited to share with you. I'll continue to talk about that word this year. Um, and just to reflect back on that, do you have a word of the year? If you do, please share it with me. I would love to hear it. So looking back, there are many traditions that um, that have come along through the years. As I mentioned, what happens in other countries, what we do here in the United States, um, starting some new traditions, maybe without alcohol is something that you're looking at doing, setting some new intentions. Maybe you have that jar that you write down these memorable things that are awesome for you. Maybe you have a one week that is alcohol free, uh, making a vision board of what you, how you see your year is another really cool thing. What do you want to do for yourself this year? I am um, so grateful that you guys have been here with me listening to my podcast. And, um, and so notes to leave with or thought, is the alcohol party really worth it? Is the tradition of drinking every New Year's Eve and getting so drunk worth it? Um, could a new tradition for you be dry January? Um, some people do have been doing it in October and February or the month of February. It's always the shortest month. That's when I had done it in the past. So just things to think about. I'm here. I want to thank you for being here with me and listening. I appreciate you and all that you do to support. Um, so thanks again. And we'll talk to you next time. Hey, I just want to share with you guys about Gibbs Goodies. Have you heard about them? Gibbs Goodies is an apothecary of healthy, delectable goodness, plant-based and nutritious treats. And they're featuring sticky balls. And you ask, what are sticky balls? They're nothing like you've ever tasted. They're a healthy, healing, nutritious, and oh-so-delicious treat. They're packed with vitamins and minerals and antioxidants, offering an energy boost with natural sugar that's easy for the body to process, filling fiber. It's strengthening your bones and teeth and supporting your vision and heart health. It helps regulate your hormones and it boosts your metabolism with healing agents promoting growth and recovery. They're so scrumptious and even more fun to say, sticky balls. So come get your hands sticky on my balls. Reach out to me, DM me, and I can let you know how you're able to get your hands sticky on a six-pack or 12-pack of sticky balls. Neat to eat, delicious, nutritious treats. So thanks again for stopping by, being here, and listening 
This is just another one of the reasons why I needed to quit drinking. You can find me and the 420 Reasons Why I Quit Drinking podcast on Spotify, Apple, and Anchor. Please do me a favor. Make sure you subscribe. I'd greatly appreciate it if you would leave me a review and even share with a friend. Thanks again. We'll talk soon. This is Diane Gibbs and the 420 Reasons Why I Quit Drinking podcast. Until next time, later.